Lord Christ, we thank you for this morning. Uh, we thank you for uh, all the ways in which you have uh, brought us here together. God, that you've united us as one body. That you've given each of us uh, giftings uh, and functions to play. And that you've created between us an interdependency. God, one that requires us uh, to depend on each other as we depend first and foremost on you. And so, Lord, we ask that you'd be with us now as we reflect on your word and try to more fully live it out in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Today, I've, I've brought with me my toolbox in order to illustrate uh, an important concept from our passage, which comes from 1 Corinthians 12. I've brought literally everything in my toolbox. <clears throat> uh, as a sophomore in college, um, I had been a, a, a woodworker for a couple of years, and I'd learned how to use a number of, of tools to build furniture. Um, but I, I really wanted to uh, improve upon that, and I learned that the, the best way to do that was to, to learn how to use hand tools, um, to, use, uh, to learn how to use hand planes and hand saws in woodworking. And so I decided that the best thing I could do was to get some more education about it, and I signed up for a class, and the class's uh, purpose was to teach someone how to make hand-cut dovetails. You may have seen on old pieces of furniture in the drawers, uh, oftentimes uh, there's a, a connection, and you'll see it sort of from the side uh, in the drawer. Um, it's a dovetail. So um, I signed up for the class, and I was really excited about it, but then I got the required tool list. I mean, this thing was a half page long, 12 point font, single spaced. And I had exactly three of the tools on the list, one of them being a pencil. <laughs> I had no idea that for, for something that appeared relatively simple, something that had been done for hundreds of years, that I would need so many tools. Um, and I was lucky enough as a broke college student to have sympathetic coworkers. Uh, who were mostly retired professionals who loved woodworking and had every tool under the sun. <clears throat> now, I'm an instructor um, of hand-cut dovetail classes. And uh, many times when I, uh, when I teach my classes, would you hit the screen, Nate? Thank you. Um, I, I try to look through the list of tools. I mean, the tools that are here are represented representative of all the things needed to do that simple task. And so I've looked through that list, and, I, and, I've, and I've thought, man, there's got to be a way to pare this down. Like, there's got to be a tool up here that's just not essential. But I haven't found it yet. Um, there's there's got to be a tool out there that'll do everything all in one. It doesn't exist. Um, each tool has an essential purpose. And often the thing that we least value, like the pencil is the thing that we can't even start the project without. If that's true for the tools in my toolbox, how much more is it true for this gospel community, for the people represented here? Each one of us plays a unique and important role. And the better each of us understands the gifts that we've been given, what God is inviting us to do, and how we might complement one another in this process, the more effectively that we can together live into our collective calling to be the body of Christ in San Antonio. Uh, please turn with me, if you have the, the blue Bibles in front of you, to page 959. Again, we're at 1 Corinthians 12. 
Our passage today emphasizes three characteristics of the body that I think are pretty striking and, and helps us also understand how are we to use our spiritual gifts. Unity, diversity, and interdependence. Let's begin with unity, starting in verse 11. Um, just as a quick reminder, over the last three weeks, we've been uh, talking about these nine different spiritual gifts, and Paul has just written about them when he jumps into verse 11, saying, all these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its, all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. And we were all given one Spirit to drink. Can somebody get Paul a thesaurus? I mean, how many times does he say the word one in just three verses? But Paul's not alone, right? We just heard the prayer that Jesus prayed the night that he would be betrayed. He says one a lot as well. He says things like, that day may be one, just as you and I are one. He later says, the glory you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be even as we are, I and them and you and me, that they may become perfectly one. Jesus prayed a prayer, and Paul is saying, hey, this prayer has become reality. Jesus, in perfect oneness with the Father, gave up his life, was raised from the dead, and sent the Holy Spirit to all who believed in him and submitted to his commands that they might be one. Uh, when Paul is writing this letter, this unity is at the same time a reality in the church in Corinth and something that they have yet to fully live into. Does that sound familiar? Um, verse 12 begins with a coordinating conjunction, uh, the word for. And if it's been a while since you were in English class, a coordinating conjunction tells us that two ideas are going to be linked together, even though they're in separate sentences, right? <clears throat> this passage demonstrates that there's a connection between which gifts the Holy Spirit gives to whom, and the unity of the body. The Holy Spirit doesn't give all the gifts to one person. Instead, the Holy Spirit gives gifts in such a way that the different members need each other. More on that in a minute. The Corinthians, however, they're getting hung up on something which keeps them from fully living into the unity that is theirs in Christ. Take a look again at verse 13. Eugene Peterson writes it this way. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. Perhaps to modernize this text a bit, we can think of some of our own labels that divide us. Labels like Republican or Democrat. Boomer or millennial. Catholic, Protestant, progressive, evangelical. The list could go on and on. In Corinth, there were factions in the church. That was just the reality. And these divisions often came 
as a result of differences of opinion on non-essential things. But Paul asserts that all who follow Jesus have been given a new identity. And even if they don't have much in common in terms of ethnic, political, religious, or economic background, what followers of Jesus have in common is essential and vital. Y'all, Jesus is everything. And if we have that in common, there's no division that we can't overcome. Through the Spirit, Jesus has united each one of us to one another and to himself. And living into this reality is both a privilege and a challenge today. This community here, Grace Northridge, has made it its mission to collaborate with rather than compete with other members of the one body of Christ. Uh, We do this locally through partnerships uh, with ministries such as Young Life, Youth for Christ, Snack Packs, Blueprint, One, Alliance for Orphans, Four Kids. I'm probably missing some. We partner with other churches in the area. And through D-Maker U, uh, we have an opportunity to equip and, uh, and make partnerships with church leaders from across the city uh, through the various offerings there. Uh, we're part of the Acts 29 and the, the Anglican Mission Church Planting Networks, which gives us a tangible connection to, to over 700 different churches across the country. And if you've ever been to another Acts 29 church or another Anglican Mission church, you can attest to the fact that we don't all look the same. We don't all worship in the same way. We don't all take the same position on every little bit of of theological nuance. Instead, we recognize that there's diversity in the body of Christ. And this is the key. As long as we submit to Jesus and to God's word, our diversity can be celebrated. Finally, from time to time, uh, our community even crosses time zones, borders, uh, experiences jet lag, <laughs> as they will this, this Wednesday, as they go to Tanzania, because we have a real partnership with them. It's not a thing of words. It's a thing of action. Jesus has made us one with himself and with one another, and that we're never more fully the church than when we live into this with visible, real acts of solidarity and love. Secondly, the the body of Christ is diverse. Let's pick back up in verse 14. Uh, This time I'll read from the message. I want you to think about how all of this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If a foot said, I'm not elegant like the hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong on this body. Would that make it so? If the ear said, I'm not beautiful like I, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve to be, have a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. Each one of you has received from the Holy Spirit 
gifts. Some of them, uh, the nine spiritual gifts that we've already discussed. Others, uh, you've, in addition to, you have, there are other gifts mentioned in Scripture that, that you exhibit in your life. These gifts enable you to perform a specific function that may be carried out some, in our context in a life group or on a serve team, sometimes even to help create a new ministry. I have benefited greatly from the diversity of the gifts in this body in more ways than one, but I'll share one with you. Um, three years ago, I sensed God uh, calling me to learn how to start new ministries. At first, I thought maybe he had called the wrong person. I didn't consider myself particularly apostolic. Um, I didn't think I was much of an entrepreneur. I had taken spiritual gifts inventories that told me I wasn't those things, and so I was convinced that God had gotten it wrong. But I spent more time in prayer, and I could not shake this calling. And from the encouragement of mentors and both both past and and new, uh, my family and I decided it was time to pack our bags for San Antonio. Um, But I did offer God just a bit of advice. I said, if this is going to work, God, you're either going to have to give me a greater aptitude or a really good team. Thankfully, uh, he's given me both. Um, In September, I I came to this realization. After three months of working with our makerspace planning team, um, we were really starting to gel. And I can't fully express to you in words how comforting it is uh, to know that you have a diverse team of people with all kinds of backgrounds and gifts when you're heading into totally uncharted territory. Being part of this diverse team is one of the most encouraging and just plain fun things I've ever done in ministry. Together, we have discerned a call to stimulate creativity, to cultivate relationships, and through that, transform communities. And in September, uh, two of us, uh, we had two opportunities to share and begin to live into that mission. Uh, First, Steph Nelson and Nathan Devine stepped up in a really meaningful way to create a presentation for Grace's Vision Weekend. Um, Some of you had an opportunity to see that um, presentation. As they shared with me the handouts that they had created and described the activities they intended to do, I was amazed. I had no idea that such a creative and interactive presentation um, that could really just drive home the vision uh, was, was possible. I realized that their giftings were the right ones for that task. Um, a week later, we had our first night of prayer, our first time to get together and to talk about the makerspace um, with, the, with the broader community. And for that day, uh, Carrie Lee Griffin and Kim Parker, they planned everything and they demonstrated this incredible ability um, at hospitality, organization, and um, what I like to call social orchestration. I mean, there were people, there, was, there were 23 or 24 people, and only half of them were part of our church. Um, it was a really, really meaningful time. During that event, um, Bess Swatner had a chance um, to take everyone over to the old school building. Now, if you've not been there, um, when you go, you'll realize one has to have a great aptitude for imagination to be able to cast a vision, to paint a picture. And Bess um, did it like only an architect can that there is a place that can be inviting, a place where makers can come encounter the maker. 
And that night, I had an opportunity to lean into my teaching and pastoral gifts, leading everybody through an evening prayer. But what was so amazing about that particular time is God had more on his mind than I did. And uh, that particular night, there were two women among us who were really in need of, of prayer for healing. Um, they were suffering significantly. And so um, we began praying. And I invited anybody who had a word of encouragement or got a picture from God to share. And it was incredible. Five, six different people stepped forward, many of whom I didn't even know. And together, that night, we were the body of Christ in a meaningful way. Reflecting on these events and the countless other things that other members like Ryan Johnson and KJ Jarzombek have done to make this vision uh, a possibility, um, I, I can't imagine trying to do this without a team. I just can't. And no more than I could imagine trying to follow Christ without the body. So long as each part stays connected to one another and submitted to the head, there's no limit to what we can do to love and serve this city. And it is the diversity of the body that actually allows it to function in many different ways and to reach out to many different people. Let's look at the third aspect uh, of the body of Christ, interdependency. We're going to pick back up in verse 21 if you want to follow with me. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. The problem in Corinth was that people with certain gifts were carrying themselves as if they were better than. Paul says that the gifts are not meant to make us look good. The gifts are meant to glorify Jesus. These are manifestations of his power and his presence working in and through us by God's grace. Anytime we use our gifts to promote ourselves rather than to advance God's kingdom, we misuse this grace. The gifts are given in love to serve in love. Paul then turns his attention to this. He, he makes it emphatically clear that there's no such thing as a non-essential member of the body. The gifts that seem less important are in fact equally significant and vital. All gifts, every member in the body are essential for the healthy functioning of the whole. Finally, verse 26 gives us a chance to reflect on how we're doing at this interdependent thing. When we're properly connected to one another, we celebrate all of us when one of us is honored. 
And when one part is in pain, we all suffer. I've come to understand the interdependency of these gifts in a new light uh, due to my involvement with the Foster Adopt Ministry Village here at Grace. Um, Today is Stand Sunday. It's a day when churches across the country say, we're going to stand up and we're going to support some of the most vulnerable children and family in our society, those involved in the foster care system. Uh, My wife and I are are part of this uh, community, and we're moving in that direction. So when we share this with people, we're often told this. I think that work is so important, but I'm not called to be a foster parent. To that I say, great, you know that you're not that particular body part. Beautiful. What part are you? The church is calling to care for these children. It extends well beyond the families who take them into their homes. And the interdependent nature of the gifts that we've been given by Christ, it puts the church in a unique position among all other organizations in our society in a very special position to support foster families. Um, This is the mission of the fam village. It's to connect people with giftings to the needs um, Noel Manasco, who, who leads this group, has shared with me some of the things that, that extend beyond just being foster parents that some of you are engaging in. Things like donating supplies, um, providing meals for families, especially during transitions, um, donating tickets to local attractions, becoming uh, certified babysitters and respite care providers. But it goes well beyond that. You have a passion for lawn care? Great. You can prepare taxes even better. (laughs) Guys, this is what interdependency looks like. It's each member contributing in her or his own way as the Lord leads. Ultimately, we're better together. Um, I'd like us to take a, a second to reflect on today's passage, specifically on unity, diversity, and interdependence in the body, and to ask the Holy Spirit Um, where we should focus our attention. Perhaps God is stirring in you a desire to see greater unity in the body of Christ on the local, national, or global level. What is the next faithful step that you can take, even a small one, to help overcome the divisions that exist within the church today? As those of you who are being inspired in this way come to the table, I want to remind you that Christ is the great reconciler. And if he can restore the fellowship between God and sinful humanity, how much more can he fix any division that exists among us today? Join him in this work. But first, come and have a meal. Perhaps some of you have believed that because you're not the eye or the hand, that you're insignificant. Or maybe you're not even sure what part of the body you are. I would encourage you to to, to press into this, to reflect, to study, to read God's word, that you might understand what is your unique gifting. And and a great way to do that is to join uh, the spring leadership intensive course offered here at Grace. As you come to the table, remember this promise from Ephesians 2. We are God's workmanship, 
created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The church needs you to reflect on your giftings, passions, and calling so that you may faithfully walk into what God has made you to be. But first, come and have a meal with him. Or maybe you want to walk more fully into the joy of interdependence with other members of this one body. Consider joining a life group, a serve team, or one of the ministries uh, I mentioned today or the many others that are happening in and around this community. As you come to the table, remember that Jesus lived and ministered with a diverse community. Find the people that complement your gifts and challenge you to go deeper in your walk with Christ. But first, come and have a meal with him. We are one in Christ. The Holy Spirit equips and connects each of us so that we may work together to bring glory to God and experience the joy of being a family on mission. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the reminder of who we really are. But we understand, Lord, that there are uh, things yet to be done. There are divisions to be mended. Lord, there's uh, an understanding of the, the diverse nature of the body that we need furthered. Lord, there's a level of interdependence that we desire, Lord, that we might suffer together and rejoice together. But Lord, um, before we get puffed up with uh, pride and uh, emotion and excitement, uh, Lord, we ask that we would be able to, to submit to you and realize that the only way, Lord, that we can be united, diverse, and interdependent is by your spirit. And so we give you thanks and glory and ask that you would guide us humbly as we pursue this uh, for your glory and your fame. We pray all this in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.